It's the Meg John and Justin podcast. Yay! Yay! <laughs> muted today. It's muted today. It's all good. Yeah. Gotta be where you are. Absolutely. We can't just pretend to be. I mean, we're, we've not had a row, have we? Oh God, no. No, no we're no. all right. We're good. But there's lots going on in the world right now. Yeah. Both big world and more closer to home world. More so. closer to home world. Yeah. yeah so. so we're like authentic isn't yeah. it we're not it's... pretending to be no laughing and choking all the time and having a wonderful time that's right although we'll try and make you laugh sure I'll try and make you laugh too so okay, that's, good. All, that's all good I appreciate that <laughs> that's what it's really about so we have an actual question yay which is great it uh, is really I'm worried that people think we're making this shit up but we're not no. so, is <laughs> <laughs> see told you yeah right so uh, question is um, I'm an older queer guy who's just started dating a really lovely trans man apart from talking to him which we are doing where can I get helpful advice and insight into my own stuff in inverted commas mm-hmm. I came out late in life and I'm really not used to a lot of the gay scene which is probably an advantage uh, he says mm-hmm. any advice or comments gratefully received fab that's a really good question isn't it it also enables me to address the question because um, you know when I went into doing a second edition of my relationship book rewriting the rules yeah. somebody said they wanted more advice specifically on relationships with trans people okay which I haven't put into the second edition for mm. reasons that we can now go into oh, okay. <laughs> so it's, it enables me to answer that question as well really as to why not more because again we don't do it in um, enjoy sex with no how when and if you want to uh, we don't oh nice early plug <laughs> but we, do, we don't like do like you know how to enjoy sex with trans people how to enjoy sex with disabled people yeah how to enjoy sex with you know somebody of a specific sexuality I mean yeah. that's the thing with our book we're trying to make every page relevant to every person and everybody yeah. mm-hmm. um, because everybody's body is different everybody's body is different at different times yes so um, even if there was any advice to give about a particular body that would be completely different for that person so it's kind of like mm. we don't want to do that one size fits all stuff and that's what we neither of us want to do in any of our work yeah exactly I think that's um, so you can find online you know articles about how to date a trans person or how to have sex with a trans mm. person and um, you know some definitely some useful stuff in some of those articles don't mm. get me wrong but I do feel like it's better to think how do I date a person mm. how do I have sex with a person because actually the best advice is going to apply across everyone yeah. and it's kind of like it's kind of like why I have a problem I'm going to get onto a rant now a little rant that I want Coffee to put pop. in here um, so we've had a lot of documentaries about trans in recent mm-hmm. years including most recently a BBC documentary about trans and, and I spoke to the people who made that programme Mm. Uh, when they were planning it and I said to them look please don't do another documentary about trans people you know they wanted to follow people on their journeys Mm. through transition Mm. and I said follow a bunch of people Mm. just follow a bunch of people through their gender journey you know who are having all kinds of you know people who've maybe done their gender in a particular way for most of their life and they're thinking about making a change mm. you know so for example I know you know young women who've sort of always done a bit of a cutesy little kind mm. of little girl version of femininity and maybe they're in a certain profession or a certain relationship where they want to try and mm. do their femininity a bit differently at this point mm. or retired guy again who's thinking mm. like I used to do my masculinity it was all about my job now I can't do that anymore how am yeah. I going to do my masculinity 
and then you know if you want to do if you want to have some focus on medical changes and hormones again like people who are taking steroids to be more masculine people mm-hmm. who are going on hormone replacement therapy and men- mm-hmm. menopause for various reasons relating to their gender or other things people who are having all kinds of different surgeries like mm. you know a lot of cis men and cis women have breast reduction mm-hmm. surgery for example to do with their gender or breast augmentation so yep. you know have everybody in there everyone in the same program and just like be like you know bodies are all diverse our experiences yeah. of gender are all diverse and most of us reach turning points at certain points yeah this is and my trans related rant uh, well I think it's a really strong and good rant obviously um but even if they were going to just even if they're saying no no it's got to be a program about trans that's what's being commissioned yeah tell all of the different stories about the different journeys of gender within trans not like all just white trans people (laughs) virtually all of them trans women no non-binary people whatsoever and nearly all focused on medical transition i mean that was a really interesting thing that i learned from our friend h's talk yeah um at the h escaped um, the binary on i think on on the internet's Yes. It's such a great talk, talking about why it is that we only have these very narrow um, stories and narratives around trans folk and yeah. why it is that it's so biomedical. And it's the, I can't remember the name of the, the effect, but it's the something effect. Do you remember it? <laughs> oh, Tell me what I'm uh, describing. But, it. You know, but the, yeah. there was the sexologist who, who kind of wrote the, um, the sex therapist guide in the 60s to what is gender dysphoria and this is what, this is how, this this is the, mm. you know, these are the kinds of, um, this is like the checklist for people who are, you know, in oh, how, the Benjamin really, effect, the Harry Benjamin, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. So this is the thing yeah. where, yeah, they've got a checklist of this is how to tell if someone's gender dysphoric, but yeah. then of course everyone ends up reproducing that same checklist because you have to meet those criteria in order to access services. Yeah. And the Benjamin effect is that you kind of create what you've constructed, as it yeah, were. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, exactly. H said a brilliant thing, you know, all the, uh, sex therapists were reading this, but they all forgot that trans people can read too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, H is genius. We Just big shout out to H and how much we love them, basically. <sighs> Yeah. So do you think we're not at all having a pop at the person who wrote in this question, you know, because I think it's really valid to think, mm-hmm. hey, I'm dating a trans person, I kind of want to know what to do about it. But what we're saying is that we're going to keep our advice here quite general for that very reason of actually it's not that much different to dating any person that you come across. But what we will talk mm-hmm. about is cultural exactly. transphobia, which yeah. mean, which does have an impact differently on trans people and cis people. Exactly. So yeah. that's the way that we bring in the, the, um, the cultural stuff and the the societal stuff and it's the way that we want to break it down it's not just about the individual this kind of neoliberal discourse you know, <laughs> we've but, got uh, some big words today we need to unpack some of these big words <laughs> I read it the other day but, you know, liber- I guess like it's kind of we're the opposite of neoliberal sex educators right, right. It's that, you know that um, that the answer is only found within the individual and yeah. all you have to do is get better at doing the individual thing and then you can get better and you will succeed at whatever it is that you That's do. right and that kind of approach just to sex advice in this case would be like here are 10 hot tips mm. on how to you know pleasure your trans partner or something yeah. here's mm. our hot take yes <laughs> number 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 94 the wheelbarrow yes <laughs> trans people love a wheelbarrow position okay. they all love it yeah, every single it. last one of them that's what they want <laughs> 
do that job's a good one. Um, no, it's not going to be that kind of advice. <laughs> no. I should also explain that just, we just used another couple of, of words. Mm-hmm. We used trans and cis, and I guess not everyone is going to know those words or that distinction. So transgender means somebody who has shifted from the gender they were assigned at birth, and cisgender or cis means somebody who's remained in the gender they were assigned at birth. Yeah. So that, that's broadly what we're talking about. So trans people can be trans men, trans women, or non-binary people. Yeah. And in this case, we're talking about a trans guy. And I think we're kind of assuming that the author is cisgender, although they haven't actually explicitly stated that. Yeah. The, the person writing in. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess what we were saying is, uh, let's start with the sort of general advice for, you know, dating anybody with any body, <laughs> and then maybe move on to some of the stuff about the cultural yeah. um, stuff around trans, and also what trans might mean for, a diff- for different people. Well, I guess in terms of both dating, um, you know, like having a relationship with, but also potentially having sex with anybody, mm. I mean, we really think it's about being present to that person, yeah. not making assumptions that, you know, people are going to have particular bodies or wants and needs that's right and being present with them and being super consensual with them that's right so and I guess when you're thinking specifically about a trans guy you know we can't actually know from that piece of information what their body might be like at all literally could be anything no Um, could Um, have had any kinds of surgeries any kind of hormonal interventions or none whatsoever for example yeah that you know can't predict what their genitals are like can't predict that even sex for them will include genitals yeah you know for a lot of us you know trans and cis it's not really about genital sex as we've covered in some detail in previous podcasts absolutely (laughs) Um, I mean if this person had written in and said you know I'm dating a really lovely cis man they might be using that as a shorthand to let us know about what yeah, that what they're reading their genitals to be. Yeah, but actually, we shouldn't even be doing that either. No, right? we shouldn't be making any assumptions about what kinds of genitals people have. No, plus the, the all we've said, all we've said is a dating, so it could also be asexual. Yeah, exactly. You know, either or both of them. So yeah, I guess it's about yeah going in with as far as possible no assumptions about what kind of person or kind of body. And I suppose the other thing to bear in mind there is that trans man. Can, or trans guy I think it says uh, could mean again completely different things to different people mm. um, you know I'm in a group uh, of, of fellow non-binary trans people for example yeah. and we've discovered over our time together that what non-binary means is really different mm. to all of us mm. in terms of where we've come from and where we're going in terms mm. of how we relate to our body mm. in terms of that ident- what that identity term means or which other kind of terms we like you know, and if you looked at us, you might see a fairly similar group of people, but mm. you know, completely different meanings. So again, like you need to. Cut. I mean, they say they're chatting already about about mm-hmm. things. But one thing, you know, if you're going to be on the topic of sort of gender, talking about what man means and what trans means, mm. you know, what man means to both of them if they both identify yeah. as guys, and then what trans and or cis means to each of them as well, because yeah. it's just it's not something you can take for granted. Really, that would be um, a, a really useful resource here would be uh, a book that's just come out, hasn't it? What's it? Who are the writers? <laughs> Some... <laughs> Me- I want to say Meg John Meg-, Meg John Barker and Alex Ian Taffy that's, that's, right. that's right isn't it how to uh, understand your gender yeah which is such a great book and absolutely it'll be useful for for anybody in a relationship I think to really talk about their own gender I think it's mm. useful to it's a very useful thing to think about you know just because somebody has 
is uh, cisgender doesn't mean that that's like default gender. That should be a gender that you're choosing. That's right. Why. It's one of the things I really love about the question, actually, because mm. it says something like, "How do, how can I understand my stuff?" Or something. Yeah, get some so, helpful. Where can I get helpful advice and insight into my own stuff? Which is great. So the question isn't actually how can I fathom this weird trans person. Mm. It's how can I understand my stuff around gender. Yeah. In, you know, in relation to this, which is a brilliant mm. way of framing it, because I think that's exactly what I'd say is like, mm. you know, think actually think about your own gender yeah. you know start there start mm. kind of unpacking where you're at with gender yeah. and that will help you also think about where you're at in relation to other people's gender yeah definitely um, so so hopefully that book might be a helpful resource there's also plenty of good trans resources on, on the web as well Gendered mm. Intelligence have some great resources mm-hmm. and some of the other trans charities so it's worth having a look there if, if you want anything particular but there is also this thing about you know one of the advantages to uh, dating people who are don't fit the norm or who are in some way queer is mm. that you're you the, all of the the kind of the narratives and the scripts you had previously which you were relying on yeah uh, you have to throw those out of the window yes. and that's good Brilliant. anyway because yeah. they were shit then and they're, <laughs> yes. and they're shit now exactly so the only where the place where you're right he's right in in terms of starting with his partner yeah um and just trying to be really present to what it is that they're they're needing and uh, as i said before to make sure that you're trying to be as consensual as possible with each other I mean Mm -hmm. there is some stuff here around you know talking to him about um, how uh, their relationship might be going or his needs might be Mm. uh, might be really useful I guess one of the things this is where we start to bring in the societal stuff and the structural stuff is that there may be a power imbalance in the relationship yeah. Um, if one person is uh, more disprivileged or receives Mm. lots of um, different kinds of oppressions or is more oppressed than another then they feel they may have less power than another yeah. and that goes for lots of different identities as well right? Absolutely. We don't know what other identities might be at play here either. But. Exactly but somebody who is generally more marginalised may feel for example that they have to hold on to that relationship yeah. so they have to give things that they maybe don't really want to give in order to do that yeah. or they might yeah they might have more fears or they might feel more like they have to pretend to be normal in other ways mm. or something to compensate so it's sort of what you can do in the di- in the axes of oppression where you have the more privilege what mm. can you do to try and open up the freedom of the other person and sort of make them feel like they're less under pressure exactly although yeah. having said that this mm. person says they're an older queer well guy, I was thinking so that, that. Be... so if they're old, I'm a lot older than their partner you know again it may be that the power dynamic's quite flipped in the other way yeah. certainly you know in, in gay culture sometimes mm. as in mainstream straight culture there can be kind of valorising of the young and yeah. seeing young people as somehow more attractive than older people mm. which is so annoying <laughs> yeah so that yeah so having a big chat about power yeah, yeah I think that's really useful yeah. uh, and to be aware of you know for, for many different reasons some people feel more able to ask for what it is that they want and need in a relationship than others right mm. you know and that could be um, stuff from our childhood it could be just uh, what we've been taught about agency and what rights we have and so um, just being able to kind of recognise that you know that's a thing that some people can be you know and also so as we were saying some identities get status for having agency and have agency because they have status and others don't so um, it's important to be aware of that kind of stuff I think also that culturally the impact of living in a transphobic world on both of them is Mm. worth thinking about so obviously we've sort of said a bit about you know so as a trans person 
you're living you know in a world that's quite often saying that trans people don't exist mm -hmm. or where um, certainly the suicide rates are appallingly high for trans people mm -hmm. the mental health rates are you know where where trans people are depicted in the media in often quite sensationalized ways and mm -hmm. certainly in the past in some really really dodgy ways and mm -hmm. it's getting a little better um, you know, but trans people's whole reality of themselves is still seen as up for debate in a way that is simply yeah. not for others. So all of those things may have an impact on this particular trans person, mm -hmm. you know, that's worth being mindful of. And then, of course, transphobe, the transphobic world also has a marked impact on cisgender people in that if the only representations you've seen of trans are those kind of representations, you know, you, you might have those kind of internalised oppressive yeah. images even if you don't want to you mm. might find that you have some transphobic views or you know you, you sort of maybe see your partner's gender as more questionable or yeah. more up for debate than your own or um, the other way it goes is you know trans people are often really quite fetishised in our current culture mm. you know certainly a lot of kind of pornography around trans people mm. and, and that that more I think affects trans women than trans men but mm. it, you know there may be a certain amount of fetishizing or eroticizing of trans people that goes on mm. and again you know just checking that either checking that either way you're not seeing a person as just their transness yes. whether that's in a sort of slightly more positive way of mm. seeing them as really sexy because they're trans or a slightly more negative way as seeing them in a sort of more, more as less sexual or less interesting because they're trans either, either way you're sort of treating them as only part of themselves and they're a full human being with which that's only one minor aspect of them exactly and that's why mm. it's really important to be really curious about all of your partner and to really yes. understand all of their different thoughts around gender but also everything else yeah, like what class are they what nationality yeah. are they where did they grow up what kind of things are they passionate about you yeah know? <laughs> were they were they into he-man yeah or, you, you're, into, you know, you're interested in this at the moment, He-Man. I was discussing <laughs> it the other day at the pub. <laughs> <laughs> My friend was started calling it He-Man, which was hilarious. So we all started saying... <laughs> <laughs> and then he and then um, the, my other friend was saying that they were watching it the other day and they were shocked at how queer it all was. Now yes, looking back at it, it does so look I watched, really queer. I watched uh, like five minutes of an episode on YouTube when I got back home. Yeah, it was bloody awful. It's like this is, just, <laughs> this is rubbish. Like, is this what we were watching? So we were talking about the, you know, the culture, the um, transphobic and cisnormative culture that we're in. Mm -hmm. um, I guess if you're dating somebody who's trans, then that might be something that you need to consider in terms of like your mates and your family and, yeah. you, know, and you know, the the how it is that you can. I mean, I don't think there are any rules about doing this, and it's something, again, that you talk with your partner about, mm. but it's also something you give your friends a heads up about, and just to kind of, I guess there might be some, you know, no-nos that you might want to give friends uh, a heads up about, but just yeah. generally speaking, just checking in with them that this is... Well, yeah, I mean, I suppose first thing is to check in with, the, with your partner or the person you're dating about, you know, if they are meeting friends and family how you know because some trans people it's like very much they're a person with a trans history yeah. and their transness is not something they're out about to people yeah and in that sense actually it's it's illegal to tell professionals at least that somebody's trans without their advanced permission and yeah. it's certainly not very cool to, to tell 
the average person. No, exactly. So if there's somebody who's like, yeah, you know, so happened to have a trans history, but it's really not something about me that I want foregrounded, yeah. then it, then you wouldn't be saying it to friends yeah. and family. But yeah, risk I suppose of that is that then they say clueless stuff. Yeah. Um, so it might be more that you want to do a bit of emotional labour of just trying to clue them up generally about about things, yeah. not in specifically in relation to this person. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the if the person is kind of open about their transness, then yeah, again, if if your if your mates are not familiar mm-hmm. with this stuff already, then again, it should it just shouldn't be on the trans person to do all that emotional labour of educating a bunch of people. Especially that would be the case if like same you know most of their mates are trans or really clued up about trans and then suddenly by virtue of dating you yeah. they're going to be thrust into this really ignorant setting yeah. you know that would be definitely one for the, the you as the partner to do a bit of emotional labour to try and make that safe enough or, exactly. you know, or they don't have to meet those people if they're going to be ignoramuses about it exactly I mean yeah. I guess the advice there is to check in with your partner and to you know to, to figure out how yeah, the way through this but yeah. it's recognising that that uh, transphobia may be out there in, yeah. you know, in culture is if when you're dating somebody you have to meet friends and family or you get to meet friends and family or you want to meet friends well that's where it has to be optional again yeah, because exactly. yeah if it's actually going to bring them in contact with people who mm. aren't safe enough yeah. then I don't think they should have to do that simply because there's a kind of ideal that we meet each other's friends and family no and that's true isn't it and mm. if actually we are throwing the un- unhelpful scripts around what it is we should be doing in romantic relationships yeah. at the window, starting again then that's one of the things we need to consider in the question, uh, this person says, I came out in late life and I'm not really used to lots of the gay scene, which is probably an advantage, they say. And I guess, yeah, are, <laughs> well, maybe it is. I mean, yeah. there are, I guess the thing is, is that there are lots of different kinds of communities now, right? That's right. I think, you know, what I usually understand by gay scene is, say, the sort of like pubbing and clubbing kind yeah, of, that's what um, I, like Soho kind of scene, yeah. uh, which I can see why you'd be a bit, you know, again, I think some of the worst aspects of gay culture sometimes come out in those kind of spaces, mm. like like you know, being very youth oriented and you know, sort of seeing only certain kinds of bodies as attractive, and yeah. um, even racism and transphobia, sadly. Yeah. Um, uh, and similarly, on dating apps and things, you often see those things mm. uh, perpetuated, which is really sad. But that's not the entire gay community. No, <laughs> we exactly. should definitely say I think there are the lots of really nice gay people yeah. who don't do those things. Exactly, yeah. there's a big difference between the scene and, and different communities right yeah. so, um, so even, even in London if we're talking about you know there are, there are sort of more like the Vauxhall area has a very different vibe in terms of gay life and then other areas of London have very different vibes as well yeah. um, and then you know also you've got like you know, once you look on like meetup groups and things like that mm-hmm. you've got things based around other interests yeah. you know rather than it being all like sex and, sex and dating and there are specific events and parties and hangouts and mm-hmm. workshops and conferences and yeah. stuff you can go to I mean I mean it is an advantage of living here that there is so much yes. uh, um so there are so many different kinds of communities and all of which inclusive mm-hmm. uh, in different ways I guess yeah um, I but think if they're not a Lond- I don't know if the, the writer in is a Londoner or not say I guess I sort of saw that reference to the, to the gay scene as perhaps being London but again the same is true for a bit of the big cities like Brighton and Manchester yeah. if you're living outside of those areas then there's probably a bit less going on mm. but it may be that you want to come to more urban areas to do some of that stuff or you know sometimes there is really good um, queer stuff going on yeah mm. um 
So, shall we kind of, we're coming towards the end, I reckon. Well, I suppose so just to say with that, yeah, no, so, yeah it's, in terms yeah. of like, if you know, if you are in a, a couple where mm. one person's trans, then in terms of navigating those spaces, you probably do want to look for the things that are more visibly trans-inclusive, of which there are many. Yeah. And that word queer that actually he starts mm. the question with is a good one, you know, quite mm. often things that, not always, but quite often things that are labelled queer are a bit more trans-inclusive than things that yep. are labelled gay. Mm. Um, generally, if something's labelled LGBT, one would hope that the T was included. That's not always the case, sadly. No. But, you know, so sort of sometimes language can flag up, but then it's worth just having a double check of, like, yeah, what kind of people do tend to come yep. to this event or this um, meet-up group or whatever. So somebody's not, you know... It's, it's hard being, like, literally the only trans person in a space and having to do a bit of educating of others mm. if, if people don't get it. So nice to nice to check out if it's a social thing that you're not going to have to do that. Yeah, it is certainly, yeah, not up to the to the marginalised person to explain their marginalisation exactly. to the people doing the marginalising. But again, that sort of, again, it varies a lot depending on how much somebody wants to you know, is, is is it that their transness is something people are going to pick up on or not? You mm. know, is it that it's something they need to be out about or something they don't really want to talk about? That, that again, that's going to make a difference too to the kind of spaces that feel more accepting and, yeah. you know, enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you still haven't mentioned the high jump. No, I was thinking, well, where do we get into the high jump? <laughs> I guess I was thinking, in terms of the high jump, we're talking about don't be afraid of making mistakes I suppose it's yeah like, that's right I mean you don't want to deliberately piss your partner off by you know saying something which is like transphobic yes. that's you know not cool try not to be transphobic I guess that's like <laughs> yes. pretty 101 <laughs> 101 yeah um, and and it's kind of it's almost and also you know you have to be kind of sensible and not reckless about this kind of stuff but also mm. don't just always stay in your comfort zone of always yeah. just trying to say the just don't be scared of it always don't be scared of getting it wrong because if you're scared of getting it wrong then you're always going to want to be right and that means that you're not necessarily learning about yourself your partner yeah. how to be a good partner how to be <coughs> Uh, an ally to trans folk um, and just has to be a decent person I guess and uh, this comes down to um, an idea about uh, a concept called uh, uh, fixed and incremental mindsets you know if you're fixed mindset and you kind of know what you're good at you just do what you're good at and stay in your comfort zone but we think it's more um, uh, useful and valuable to to explore the outer limits of what you do and don't know. So mm-hmm. if you're a fixed mindset high jumper, you're only going to set the bar at one meter and then leap over that bar every time. Yeah. You'll never knock the bar off, but you'll be a shit high jumper. Yeah. Uh, but it's uh, I think you you were talking about. Um, yeah, my mate nice Christina came up with well. the idea that you could you could stay in your comfort zone, so that'd be like trying to always jump at one meter and yeah. it's easy. Or you can go into your stretch zone, mm. which is, I guess, setting the bar just, you know, just like a little bit, tiny bit higher than what you did last time yeah. and seeing if you can make it. Um, I kind of see it as concentric circles, like the comfort zone's right in the middle mm. and then your stretch zone is a, 
another circle out and then beyond that it's not great to keep pushing yourself into the outer limits of mm. where you're completely you know unprepared and you're going to really mess up all of the time mm. it's about just going into the stretch zone and I, I feel like a lot you know it's like what we're saying here is yeah definitely think about gender and clear yourself up and look at your stuff as he says mm-hmm. um, but also yeah don't be afraid to go into that stretch zone and actually have those conversations mm. you know don't just stay in where I feel safe and kind of avoid going into the stretch zone because actually I guess there's two ways of messing up aren't there the one way of messing up is to you know constantly push yourself way beyond your stretch zone and the other way is to stay completely within the comfort zone uh, a way for this person to think about this as well is you know so he talks about being an older queer guy and he's talking about is uh, he's dating a lovely trans man so mm. you know think about what your partner might be thinking about how your age like, yeah you yeah. know that they might be having some of these similar kinds of thoughts around uh, you being older and there yeah. might be some things that you might not be very happy that your partner said about your age yeah, right? yeah, so, yeah. so it's like being aware of that but it, uh, being aware of your comfort zones and your stretch zones and being aware of what might feel ouchy to either of you but in mm. terms of um, talking about that um, you might want to find ways of tuning into each other um, to kind of figure out whether you know if you are straying into beyond the stretch zone or if you're straying into territory which is a little bit hurtful to the other person and you can either do that through actual communication you know through Mm. um through talking about uh stuff on a regular basis or doing things like having google docs and stuff and talking about the kinds of things you do and don't want to do and the things you want to avoid but also, um, this is like our kind of tuning into each other third handshake approach. You yeah. might want to notice if you've said something in a text and it's taking them half an hour to get back to you and you're kind of, you know, looking back on that text, you think, oh, maybe I could have worded that a bit better. And then you're saying, yeah. and then, you know, asking, is everything okay? Is that something, have I, you know, gone a bit far there? Is this a bit of That's a right. thing I've said? It's just, yeah, navigating that, isn't it? But, you know, again, not being overly, yeah, I think... I think something most people in marginalised groups hate is when people become overly cautious around them and treat them a bit with kid gloves yeah. because they're assuming they're going to be offended by everything or whatever. Yeah, exactly. You know, you build up trust in a relationship and then it's okay to, you know, not always be perfect or what have you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think um, the, uh, the trigger warnings... Um, podcast that we did might be a useful mm. port of call if yeah. you're sort of worried about yeah what do you do when you might have inadvertently triggered somebody or vice versa yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and that's mm. um yeah i mean we're going to talk about that in the future but there's some good stuff in there around self-consent and tuning into your own body yeah. and what's going on for you but um that's a future thing isn't it absolutely we're, we're going to talk about all of the things oh uh, yeah we're just going to do everything <laughs> <laughs> all the all the time. So I think that's it, isn't it? That's pretty much everything on my little post-it note. That Absolutely, I went off to but find. feel free. I mean, I think we've we've interpreted the question mm. in certain ways. So if any of that does not resonate, or you know, if we've actually misunderstood in terms of what the kind of dynamic is there, then please feel mm. free to drop us a line, and we can um, talk about other aspects of it or anything that we haven't covered. And that's that goes for anyone who sends in a question, because obviously, when you've only got a few lines of text you know you are filling in some of the gaps yourself yeah yeah definitely and that's also that's kind of what we want to do to kind of take things off in a different direction spend 25 minutes talking about the various different things yes which might be helpful to a lot of different listeners yeah uh who um who have lots of different you know hopefully some of the stuff we said is going to be interesting to folk who are in a very different relationship dynamic or not in a relationship dynamic at all exactly 
Yeah. Fingers crossed. <sighs> okay, so um, if you liked this, please tell everyone about it. Uh, we're on soundcloud.com <coughs> forward slash Meg John Justin. Um, and we're on the Twitters, MJ. We are Meg John Justin. No, Meg. <laughs> Meg John yeah. Justin. Meg yeah. John Justin. And Meg so. John Justin. And Meg John Justin. And Facebook. Facebook.com. So, yeah. Slash Meg John Justin. That's the one. And uh, our website is MegJohnAndJustin.com where you can find our publications. Enjoy sex. How when if you want to. Multiple zines. All our multiple zines. videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, the video. People are really loving the videos. Oh, that's nice to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's one on being present and one on consent. So yeah. uh, again, two topics we have mentioned oh, this yeah. very day yes well it's the key to everything we're doing really isn't it those I are think. like the pretty much the two uh, well, in diversity and assuming everybody's different different things work for different people yeah that would be number three for me yeah, yeah. I mean if you'd be really being present then you'd see that everybody was different all that's the time. true so yeah okay it comes down to the two that we've made I'm not, I'm not nitpicking <laughs> but, you know we can make more videos um, yeah so uh, check all our stuff out tell people as you have been doing and we're very grateful for your doing that thank you and until next time bye, bye.